Thanks for listening to Newport Beach in the Rearview Mirror. I'm Bill Abdel. Give me a home where the buffalo roam, where the deer and the antelope play. I've always been fascinated by the Newport Harbor Buffalo Ranch. When I was a kid in the late 1960s, my mom fell in love with Corona del Mar State Beach, or Big Corona, as most people call it. We lived in Long Beach, or what we affectionately called Wrong Beach. So we had a lot of perfectly good beaches between our home and Corona del Mar. But mom thought Corona del Mar was just a bit exotic and a little bit different for Southern California and well worth the drive. So once a week or so during the summer, we'd fill our white Ford station wagon with towels, transistor radios, surf mats that took your skin off after about four rides, Coppertone sun tanning oil, food, drinks, the works. And the kids jumped into the way back bench seat, which faced backward. For those of you too young to know, there was not a seatbelt in sight. And the station wagon was filled with something else. The smoke and smell of cigarettes. At the time, my mom was a two plus pack a day smoker. She thought nothing of chain smoking cigarettes with the windows up in the car. And the crazy thing is it didn't bother us. We didn't really notice. It's just the way things were. And we passed the time by listening to Top 40 Radio. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the real Don Steele. Instead of taking the scenic coastal route, my mom always barreled down the newish 405 freeway to MacArthur Boulevard. At the time, the stretch between the freeway and the coast was basically empty, just rolling hills that seemed to stretch forever. It was quite a change of scenery from Long Beach. The roadway did hold one attraction, and I couldn't wait to see it each time we went down to Big Corona. On the left, about a mile from East Coast Highway, at the corner of MacArthur and what's now Bison Avenue, was the Newport Harbor Buffalo Ranch tourist attraction. As we passed by at 50 miles per hour, I could see the large red barn a white silo with a large sign on it advertising buffalo burgers for 55 cents, and of course, the bison roaming the hills. For a nine-year-old boy, this seemed like the ultimate adventure, and I had a distinct memory of begging my mom to stop, only to be told, no, no, no. When researching this episode, I came across a curious fact. I found out that the Buffalo Ranch was opened in 1955 and closed in 1960, the year I was born. What I was seeing on the way to Big Corona were the bison left behind and the remnants of the Buffalo Ranch. My, my, my memory totally failed me. I couldn't have gone there if I wanted to. And I guess I owe my mom a long overdue apology. A little later in this episode, we'll talk to Duncan Forgey, a local author and historian on all things Newport Beach, who still has vivid memories of attending a birthday party at the Buffalo Ranch as a grade schooler. But first... Here are seven things you should know about the Buffalo Ranch. We gonna ride you, me and Buffalo Number one, and let's just get this out of the way now. It should have been called the Bison Ranch. There are no native buffalo in North America, only bison. 
buffalo are native to Africa and Asia. In other words, Buffalo Bill should have been called Bison Bill. So come on, Bill. Good old Buffalo Bill. Break on through the rain. Number two. The Newport Harbor Buffalo Ranch was a brainchild of Gene Clark, a rancher and a big dreamer from Independence, Kansas, who tended to a herd of 1,000 bison on his property. In 1954, Mr. Clark headed west with 72 bison and several Native Americans. His destination was the empty hills of Newport Beach, which would be home to his latest venture, a 155-acre tourist attraction, which he advertised as the West's largest buffalo ranch. fiery horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hayo Silver, the Lone Ranger. Hayo Silver! Away! I'm guessing he was inspired by America's fascination at the time with all things Western, including movies, which often starred Newport's own John Wayne, television shows such as The Lone Ranger, Gunsmoke, The Rifleman, that was my favorite, and novels from the likes of Louis L'Amour. The favorite game kids played at the time? Cowboys and Indians. One last note on Mr. Clark. He must have been quite the salesman because the roadside attraction was the first non-family commercial operation allowed on the Irvine Ranch. Sort of a curious choice for the Irvine family, but I guess they had enough land. They had 100,000 acres. Number three. The attraction wasn't exactly sophisticated. For a bucket car, you can drive along a looped, paved road to get a closer look at the bison grazing in the hills. Visitors could also tour the ranch on a vintage fire truck and the kids on a miniature train. There was a sheriff named Dude Sands who wore a long prospector's beard who would greet visitors and show off his gold nugget to anyone who asked. A small Native American village was run by Chief Pushmataha, who appeared to have taken his name from the great Indian general of the Chaka Nation in the 19th century. That chief and his warriors helped the U.S. fight the British in the War of 1812. The Buffalo Ranch chief, from his large teepee lined with buffalo skins, told stories to the visiting boys and girls, gave them secret Native American names, and conducted tours of the Injun village which included a trading post in hides being dried. It's probably important to note here that the Buffalo Ranch wasn't, wasn't very politically correct. It was an operation of its times. And the language used, especially to describe Native Americans, um, would be offensive today, but, but standard back then. And I think if you weigh what the kids got out of uh, meeting the Native Americans, hearing their stories, hearing their songs, and um, just being able to soak in some of the culture seems to far outweigh any sort of political incorrectness. Other attractions included pack rides on burrows, a Wild West town where ranchgoers could witness reenactments of famous 19th century gunfights, a youngin's petting zoo, Porter's Western store, which was in the barn, and in a silo that served as a fast food restaurant pumping out buffalo burgers. Oh, and here's a, here's a side note. The buffalo meat came from buffaloes slaughtered on site. 
There's enough of it that the excess was sold to Knott's Berry Farm. Number four, one of the biggest attractions at the Buffalo Ranch was Chief Geronimo III, who claimed to be the grandson of the great Apache chief, Geronimo. He would tell stories that he learned at the knee of his grandfather and, and became a Buffalo Ranch star. The, I guess it wasn't a problem, but the truth was Geronimo III was a fraud. In a 1995 obituary, the Associated Press reported that Apache Nation officials derided him as a phony and wanted nothing to do with him. And that wasn't the only red flag. Shortly before his death, Geronimo III claimed to be 115 years old, but his driver's license put him at age 91. At any rate, he was a good actor. He, he made a living playing the part of Geronimo's grandson across the country, including five years at the Buffalo Ranch. When you wish upon a star, make no difference who you are. Number five. The short-lived Buffalo Ranch was a victim of incredibly bad timing. First, it had trouble competing with the museum parks that were popping up across Southern California in the mid-1950s. It opened a few months after Marineland of the Pacific in Palos Verdes, which was a forerunner to SeaWorld, and a few months before Disneyland. And at the time, Knott's Berry Farm was becoming an increasingly large tourist attraction. So this little novelty park way out on MacArthur Boulevard in the middle of basically nowhere uh, just had really a hard time competing. Making things even worse, the land under the Buffalo Ranch suddenly became more valuable with the announcement that the Irvine Company and the University of California would soon open a nearby campus. And the price of the land grew even higher as demand for more housing developments in Newport increased. So in 1960, the Buffalo Ranch's five-year lease was not renewed and the tourist spot closed down. Number six, the Buffalo Ranch buildings had a long afterlife. In 1961, William Pereira, the architect who designed UCI, City of Irvine, and Newport Center, leased the buildings for his offices and renamed the site Urbanist Square. Twenty years later, the property was leased to another businessman, William Lang, who headed the Lang Financial Corporation. And 13 years after that, a road realignment finally wiped out what was left of the Buffalo Ranch. Number seven. The Buffalo Ranch is gone, but not forgotten. You just need to know where to look. The silo was rescued by the Orange County Fair and now stands sentry at the Fair Centennial Farm. The barn was moved to a residential property in Newport Beach owned by the now late Dennis Holland. Becky, one of the last bison on the ranch, was sold to the Orange County Fair, and she eventually gave birth to a calf named Tanaka. Also, adjacent to the old Buffalo Ranch is the Harborview Housing Development, also known as the Port Streets, and smack dab in the middle of that development is a recreation area called Buffalo Hills Park. I'm sure the origins of that name remain a mystery for many people who have moved into the Port Streets over the years. And finally, at the northeast corner of MacArthur Boulevard and Bison is a life-size bronzed statue of a bison. I don't know if many people actually notice it because it's you're, when you're zipping by, it's it's not uh, 
it doesn't stand out too much, but there is a plaque there that reads, In 1954, Myford Irvine granted a 155-acre lease to the Newport Harbor Buffalo Ranch for a sightseeing attraction in this location. The Buffalo Ranch provided a glimpse of the colorful days of the Old West with buildings, cowboys, chuck wagons, and Native Americans. The ranch was home to over 100 bison that were overlooked by Chief Cutley Geronimo III, grandson of the famous Apache chieftain. The original Buffalo Ranch buildings, designed in an authentic Western style, including a barn and silo, were located on this corner. Okay, those are the seven things you need to know about the Buffalo Ranch. Now let's go to our interview with Duncan Forgy. Duncan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Bill. I really look forward to it. We're talking about the Buffalo Ranch, and you were a kid when this was... How old were you, were you roughly, when the Buffalo Ranch was operating? It started in 55, so that would place me back at Newport Elementary School. And it was a number of years during uh, you know, the early parts of uh, elementary uh, we were, my particular age group was old enough to go there and, you know, we were, uh, I mean, we were able to take groups of kids there and, and be reasonably under control. So I, you know, I would say fourth, fifth or sixth grades, you know, somewhere in that, not sixth, but third, fourth or fifth grade would probably be, uh, when we actually, um, uh, went up there in groups and, and really enjoyed it. Now for the listeners, uh, set the scene of, of, how Newport was back in that day and where the Buffalo Ranch fit in? Well, it's, it's fun because, because basically this town of Newport Beach, with exception to Corona Del Mar, uh, which was, that was a long way away. Corona Del Mar was a different part of the world to us. Uh, we had, you know, we had the, the, um, the harbor, the different islands, the peninsula, Newport Heights, uh, and that area, and that was basically, that was it. That was Newport Beach. Everything else was this vast, wonderful, beautiful rolling hills of the Irvine Ranch. Um, as we grew older, we would try to sneak on there and do some fun things. But in those days, we were too young to actually do that. So, but, but I can remember, uh, you know, going to the trash dump, which is just out MacArthur Boulevard a little ways. And thinking how far away that was. I mean, that was a long way away from the beach. Where'd you live, Duncan? Grew up on Lido Isle. Okay. And and um, and our whole uh, sense of reality was water, the ocean, uh, and the fun things we did we did uh, in and around the beach. So when you know when you somebody would say, "Let's go inland," uh, it, it was it was a long way away. I mean, that was really far away. So. The Buffalo Ranch, and I can remember this really explicitly because there was a friend of mine in, in class who had a birthday party, and his birthday party was going to be at the Buffalo Ranch. So, um, you know, the, we were all jittery and excited, and, you know, we were all going to go to the Buffalo Ranch together. And so a couple moms got their old cars and loaded us up into our cars, and, and, um, and we went off, drove, we went... <laughs> And this sounds kind of ironic, but it, we drove down the coast highway all the way to MacArthur Boulevard. We turned left <laughs> and went way out, you know, MacArthur Boulevard into the middle of nowhere. And here, here on our right-hand side was this beautiful, wonderful white silo and this barn and, and these fences and horses and, and, you know, animals that we've, we've only seen on television. So we celebrated his birthday there with, um, and it was really kind of classic. And so what did you remember about the ranch itself? 
I remember uh, dust and dirt, you know, because in 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 Newport, all we had was sand and more, you know, sand and beaches, you know, but not, not a lot of dust and dirt, you know. But um, we had, but there was it was ranch land, it was cowboys, it was, uh, uh, you know, the things we saw on television in our on our black and white TVs. Uh, but as you drove, as you drove into it, there was a, there was a barn, you know, a legitimate barn, kind of, there's a few barns in Costa Mesa, but they weren't like this one. And then there was a, there was an Indian settlement, maybe a, a, um, a, a group of like sort of teepee type tents were where the Indians basically stayed. And, and when, when I say stayed, I don't think they lived there. I think it was, they came and went just like any other job, but. Then there was, uh, uh, you know, just wagons and 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 farm animals and all this kind of stuff that just just exactly what little boys and girls. Some you know, we went with some girls as well, and um, and it just was perfect. It was it was awesome. And then of course, like I said, there was the the Indian village, and it and you know, without being politically incorrect, I hope I don't get in trouble for this, but. You know, that was back in the day when political correctness uh, was what it was at that time. You know, it was called the Injun Village, uh, I-N-J-U-N, Injun, not not Indian Village, but Injun Village. And so, uh, you know, it was, there was, uh, uh, there was, you know, actual Indians. Chief Geronimo III, I can remember, was uh, uh, the great-grandson, I believe, of, of the original Chief Geronimo. Because it was a birthday, and and it, because it was all set up uh, as a birthday, the main chief, which was Pushmataha, and and uh, he would take us. He took us. I should, we, he took us into a large teepee area. Well, we, we you know we all sat in a circle and um, you know cross legged and and trying to be as Indian as possible. You know, which is again for like I said, a group of Beach Boys that was far from our reality, but we were enthralled by the, the you know this this gentleman who who was an indian and who talked with an accent you know a, sort of an indian style accent which i'm not sure what that's called but uh, um and uh, and he would you know do some chants and he and he would light some some things on uh to make them smoke and and talk to us about that and um it was it was really it was really important to us at that particular time and then as Peter, who Peter was the gentleman, or not the gentleman, he was the boy whose birthday it was. Peter was, you know, obviously the the most important of the group. But once Peter was given his birthday, um, uh, what would they be called? Not celebration. It wasn't a celebration. It was honoring. He, got, he was honored for his birthday. Then the rest of us were given secret names as well as he that we were able to take home with us. And, and, and again, I wish I could remember what mine was. It was uh, really, we were so proud of the fact that we had our secret Indian names, you know. So, oh, that's, that's um, awesome. Duncan, what about the buffalo there? Were there a lot of them? Were they all around? How, how, how was the buffalo ranch set up so you can actually see the buffalo? The buffalo were the main attraction because, uh, you know, again, because of our TV experiences, our movie experiences, buffalo were, were awesome creatures. They were behind fences and things of that nature. There was a train, a miniature train that we were all loaded onto and we went around in a big circle and I can't remember details of the circle, but we, it took you by the, the engine, um, uh, teepees. It took you all around and through the Buffalo, actually, you know, that's where you got to see the, the herd, if you call it that 
uh, Buffalo's just out, just being really mellow and, and wonderful. And the, and the thing that is amazing to me is the vastness of where they were. There was just endless amounts of hills and empty fields, uh, almost in all directions. And um, and this was this the buffalo were just these awesome giant monstrosities of animals. That just you know to again to an eight year old boy is the best. It was a, just a great experience, uh, and uh, it, it gave us stories to tell. And uh, for weeks afterwards, from the imagination of a young boy. We were there. I mean, we were with the with the Indians. We were with the with the buffalo and the cowboys. I I think uh, you know a gunfight and things of that nature. It was just it was just awesome. Last question: Did you ever try a buffalo burger? Yes, uh, buffalo burgers. Uh, uh, and I and I re- looked this up to make sure I'd be accurate. It was fifty five cents, and then buffalo beans were twenty cents, and then soda pops. S-O-D-Y, not soda pops, but soda pops were 10 cents. And I, that was all part of our, our birthday, you know. So right. uh, Peter's mom brought us all, all onto the ranch and, you know, and we got all this for free, basically. But it was uh, part of the uh, birthday celebration. Okay. And, and did young Duncan like the buffalo burger? I, I'm sure I did. <laughs> <laughs> And um, um, and the fact that you were able to be on the ranch and you were able to to, to eat a buffalo burger, I'm sure was manly for a, like an eight year old, you know, I mean, sure. I think in those days and age. Duncan, I appreciate you sharing all your childhood memories about the Buffalo Ranch. Uh, super interesting. And thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for jumping in the podcast time machine with me and traveling back to 1955. We'll see you next time.